Craft Beer Radio presents Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. Savor Educational Salon Number 3, Pairing Beer and Foods, featuring Gary Fish, founder of Deschutes Brewery. Good evening, everyone. Is everyone having a good time? Yeah, yeah. All right, I can tell this is the third salon. It was a very different answer on the first salon. And I see a lot more smiles, I'll tell you. (laughs) Well, I'm sure everyone's been having a good time. My name is Tom McCormick. I'm the uh, executive director of the California Small Brewers Association, which is a... Yeah, which which is... uh, You must be from California. Trade Association representing the craft brewers in the state of California. And I'm here on behalf of the Brewers Association, which is the trade association for the craft brewers nationwide. And the Brewers Association is um, the group that is putting this wonderful event on tonight. They do a number of events uh, around the country. There's one that some of you might have heard of. It's called the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. Anyone in this room been to it? Oh, a lot more hands in the last two salons, too. So the Brewers Association puts the uh, Great American Beer Festival on uh, every year in Denver, Colorado in the fall time. They also do the weir- uh, Weird, the World Beer Cup, which is a uh, every other year beer competition. It's the largest in the world. And um, they, of course, put this great event on, too. This is only the third year for Saver, and it's just been hugely popular. All of you are uh, quite lucky or... Uh, uh, really knew how to get tickets because tickets to this event, not to just this salon, but to the 2,000 tickets down below to the Saver event, went um, were sold in the first 10 or 15 minutes after tickets went on sale online. So it was a hugely, hugely successful this year. So thank you for coming out and uh, supporting the craft brewers. And um, just a couple housekeeping rules. Not rules, but uh, notes. You have two glasses in front of you. One is for uh, water, and the other is for beer. You have uh, pitchers of water, which can be used for drinking or for um, swishing out the beer glass. If you'd like to have more than one beer in front of you at a time to compare, feel uh, free to use those plastic cups in front of you. They're odorless and tasteless plastic for beer tasting. And uh, with that... I'm going to get started and introduce our host. First right here on my immediate left is Gary Fish, the founder and president of Deschutes Brewing Company. Uh, Deschutes, I'm sure... Yeah. One of the rock stars of the industry. Uh, Deschutes started as a small uh, brew pub in Bend, Oregon, and they now have a beautiful, beautiful package plant in addition to the brew pub in town. They've become a huge part of the community. They have a huge uh, fundraising event every year that Gary has put on that raises literally millions of dollars over the years. Um, So if you get a chance to visit the brewery, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, Deschutes has been in business since 1988, so they've been around a long time, and uh, one of the beers that we'll be tasting tonight, very, very well-known beer, uh, Black Butte Porter. And with us also tonight is Chef Mike, Mike Isabella from... Zaytinia. (laughs) Yeah, you said it better than I did. 
I would hope. I hope so. I hope so. Which is a uh, very fine restaurant just a few blocks from right here. So right here in town. And uh, with that, I'll just want to mention one quick thing. Be sure to check out um, craftbeer.com for all and everything that you want to know about craft beer. And also, this salon is being taped. uh, So if you'd like to listen to it at a later time, you can go to the Saver uh, website and listen to yourself in the background. And with that, I'm going to turn it over and uh, take it away. All right. Thanks, Tom. At, you know, Tom and I have known each other for a long, long time. He used to actually be a beer distributor way back when. But uh, you, you forgot that? No. no, no. Oh, okay. And I didn't want to remind you and have it, you know, come to you all like this. At any rate, uh, thanks for having us here. This is really terrific. I, you know, I've known Mike for a, a day. and uh, Maybe two. We met you last but, night. Yeah, yeah. So maybe not even a day. <laughs> But but I am have been very familiar with his restaurant for a number of years and uh, fabulous, wonderful food, uh, Middle Eastern in origin. So that should make uh, the beer pairings really really interesting and uh, have an enormous amount of respect for his food. And I am uh, interested in the beer pairings as much as any of you here because I have not tried the these uh, dishes. With these beers, either. So either have I. We're all going. <laughs> shh, shh, don't give it away. The uh, anyway, so we're all going to kind of discover it together. Uh, as Tom said, Deschutes has been in business for 22 years now. In uh, I think three weeks, we'll have our 22nd birthday. And uh, one of the things that uh, we've become known for is our dark beers. Black Butte Porter is kind of the I like to say is the beer that put us on the map. It's our true flagship beer. It's not our biggest seller. It's our second biggest seller, but it is the largest selling porter in the country, and it is the beer that, that kind of dispels the myths of dark beer, as we say. And I'll go into more detail about the, the individual beers as uh, they come out with the dishes. Jubal two, uh, 2010 uh, is our once-a-decade ale. The last time we made it was for the millennium, and it was called Jubal ago. 2000. <laughs> Math. He's, I'm he's pretty good. good with numbers, just for a so, little bit, you know. It all depends how much I... Anyway, we're I very excited to be here. Uh, I, I think uh, we want to get going and let Mike say uh, a few words uh, about uh, his restaurant, his maybe his stint on TV. If he has enough beers, he'll tell you about it. But And, and, uh, uh, and uh, we'll get going from there. Well, uh, th- thanks for having both of us here tonight. You know, it was uh, kind of like a fun thing, one of... Uh, some of my companies is like, you know, listen, could you help out Gary do some pairings with beer? I was like, he wants to pair beer with my food, like Greek food, Lebanese, Turkish. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, sure, no problem, no problem. I was like, send me some beers. So he sent me some beers. I tasted some beers. And I'm, I'm like, these are pretty cool. So I was like, let's do something a little bit unique, something a little bit different. Uh, I wanted to go in three different steps. So uh, before we get to that, you know, um, I want all of you to make sure you go to my restaurant tomorrow, okay? <laughs> I want to make sure that. I'm not going to tell you anything about the parents unless you go to the restaurant tomorrow. Okay, how many people, show of hands, how many people have been to Zaitinia? Who's been to Zaitinia? Come on, raise your hand. All right, awesome, so awesome. you guys, you know what we're talking about. The rest of you? You got to go. You got something to learn. You got to go. So we, we've been around for years. Uh, I work for Jose Andreas. He has a, a big empire of restaurants. I run Zaitinia, which is, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, Eastern Mediterranean, a little bit of everything. 
So we're like unique and we're kind of starting to get a little popular with flavors. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoy what we're doing tonight. So uh, I've been there for a couple years and tonight I'm here having a couple beers and chilling out. Who's ready for a beer? I am. All right. We got four people ready for a beer. Bring them beer and then the rest. No. Okay. Bring everybody a beer. Bring everybody beer. And make sure you bring me one too. Or maybe two. All right. Who came up with them? Well, we, we emailed back and forth. We, we talked on the phone a couple of times. Uh, we sent him all a whole bunch of our beers. But, but like a hundred of them. And, uh, so I was drunk. And he worked really hard. Um, <laughs> and, and we'll talk a little bit about the pairings as we get into it. Uh, but, you know, really, just, just to, to start, Mike, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you were thinking about as you went through these beers and tasted them and... You know, how you kind of found your way to the dishes you selected. Yeah, you know, when I got the beers, there's a lot of different types of beers, you know, and uh, I didn't know where to go with it because at the restaurant, a lot of our stuff is imported, like all of our wines, all of our beers, a lot of our, like, cheeses and olives and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was really, like, kind of, like, unique to me. So I was like, I, I started drinking with some of my chefs who are in the back drunk right now. And uh, we started drinking, and we, and we talked to you know our, our summing a and our and our, and our bartenders, and we kind of picked three beers that we liked, and that was like the first thing we did. I was like, how many beers do we have to do? Like four or five? I was like, all right, three. We'll do three. <laughs> so we started with that, and then we picked a couple of beers we like, and they're all like kind of like cool, rich, got a lot of flavor, a lot of bold flavors, a lot of unique things going on. So I wanted to kind of do it in three different steps, and maybe I did it backwards because I'm a little backwards sometimes, but. Um, Excuse me. The, the first pairing was uh, I wanted to go with different flavors that maybe m- might not be paired. And for certain uh, guests here tonight, some of you may be like, oh, I don't know if it works or not. And certain will be like, oh, it works really good. But my palate or my mouth is a little bit different than everyone else's from all the food I eat from like, you know, the Mediterranean and growing up with it. So we started, I wanted to go with something really unique in the beginning and then kind of get somewhere that kind of paired with our flavor flavor profile and the last beer I wanted to kind of do something that was like what I think like the average person would flavor profile people would pair and that's the way we did it so we're going to start off with the most unique one first so um, you know the first beer is uh, Jubel which is you know you can get into the beer and uh, Jubel 2010 is uh, a derivation our holiday seasonal beer we produce every year is Jubel Ale and it's a winter warmer style it's a little stronger, 6.5% alcohol. I like alcohol. Uh, lots of rich caramel notes, uh, high alcohol or a higher uh, uh, hop content, higher uh, bitterness units. Jubal 2010 is actually the result, as many things are, of an accident. Uh, and the story we tell, it's, it's a true story. The first year we were open, uh, we had made our first batch ever of Jubal Ale. It was in the holiday season, and Bend was going through a very cold snap. It was getting down to minus 25, minus 30 overnight. And uh, one night we got broken into. The pub got broken into. It was and me. It was, it, I'm it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it tasted good. It tasted well, that's really how good. we met. So, <laughs> anyway, didn't want to tell you that earlier. Uh, yeah. At any rate, uh, it, was, it turned out be, to be a couple of transients at a, a kind of a crime of opportunity. They found their way in a, a, a door up on the roof. Worked their way down. They stole some T-shirts off the walls and made themselves some hamburgers and grabbed some CDs that the that our brewer at the time had back in the brewery. And they uh, saw a keg of beer there, and they, they stole a keg of beer. 
And I think what happened is they got it outside and started carrying it away and realized, you know, this thing's really heavy. So we just ended up hanging out and drinking it. Uh, a couple weeks later, I'm walking back from our graphic artist's office, which is a couple blocks away, and there's a, there was a building behind us that had a boardwalk going around. I looked up under, underneath the boardwalk, and I see the end of a keg sticking out. It looks like one of ours. We had them painted red very artistically. And uh, went up, looked at it, grabbed it. It's full. Like, damn, that's that keg. So I went over, told the brewer, grab a couple of guys, go over, get this keg, and, and bring it back. It's our keg. I'm thinking, I don't want to lose the keg. You know, the beer in it is, you know, probably gone, or they've drank half of it or whatever. He brought it back and shook it, and it's a big clunking, big chunk of ice in it. So he decanted it off uh, to about half the total volume. So he removed half of the water that was in there, creating a very strong, very rich beer. Uh, that technically is distillation. It's not really legal under our license, but we didn't sell it, at least. I at love least, everything at least, illegal. At least, 20, at least 21 years later, no one can prove we did. So, at uh, any rate, uh, every year after that, around the holidays, they try to recreate that uh, beer by way of formula in a beer we've called Super Jubal which is basically a double-strength Jubal Ale. Like me, I'm super. For the holiday, that's exactly right. And, uh, but this one, we actually took a step further, aged it in uh, uh, wine and uh, bourbon barrels, and uh, it is an ageable beer. This is now uh, uh, about a year and a half old, something like that now, so it's aging very, very nicely. I think if you try it, you'll see those caramel notes. You'll see the richness. You can, you can dig. You can pick up a little bit of that bourbon in there. You can taste some of the wine notes in there. So uh, it's got a lot of depth, a lot of complexity, and kind of the deeper you go, the more you find. Now, yeah, when you get into that beer and you have all those beautiful flavors, when I tasted it, I was like, what can we do to kind of like bring it together but maybe be a little bit distant? So, um, you know, one of the most popular things in the world in, in, in Greece is feta cheese. So I was like, and I love, and I got, I got a lot of bitter notes for like bitter chocolate and stuff like that. And I love like cheese and desserts. So I was like, how can we bring it together? So, and I wanted something to sweeten it up a little bit so it wasn't just like cheese versus something bitter. So we have some roasted peppers. And this is a really traditional dish in Greece. It's called TPT. Uh, it's a little spread, usually pureed, but we, we, we play around with it a little bit so there's some texture. And we have some nice roasted peppers with some feta cheese, a little onion, some olive oil, a little salt, a little thyme for floral notes. And when you kind of have this nice, uh, deep beer with a lot of deep flavors and rich flavors, and you eat this, it's kind of like refreshing, and it's crunchy, and there's like a lot of little things going on. And to me, I thought it was like unique, and I was like, does it work, or doesn't it work? And then like, you know, half of my staff was like, yeah, it kind of works. And the other half was like, ah, I'm not sure. So I kind of wanted you guys to experience it and tell me what you thought, but I thought with the really deep flavored beers and, and, the, and the salty feta and the sweet peppers, I thought it would be really cool and fun. So what do you think? You like it? Yeah. It's cool, right? What do you right? guys think? It, oh, come on. You're just being nice. What yeah. do you... <laughs> okay, so what do you taste? What do you, what do you think? You, 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 it's, the, it's really delicious. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, you know, you might like it. You might not like it. I liked it. My chef didn't like it. And, it, and it's kind of like a mix. But, like, the thing behind it was just, like, trying it and, and going out there and experiencing it. And, and the, one, the one big thing that is just, like, it's, like, unique for us when people come to the restaurant because we don't offer any American wines or, or, or Italian or Spanish. Everything is, like, Greek or Turkish, Lebanese. So our food works with what we do. So it's a lot easier that way. So we don't have a lot of 
you know, something to accomplish or, or try or, or dare each other. So for this was, for me, it was very daring. And I wanted you guys to start with this. And as we can continue to go, it should be a little bit, you know, a little bit more focused in, into everything. But I thought it was unique. And, uh, and you know, like I said, I'm glad you guys have great, you know, feedback and uh, have a good time. We talked quite a bit about this, Mike and I did. And, uh, you know, he was a little bit nervous about it. And I thought, you know, to me, the, you know, the, the key in pairings is complementary flavors, not supplementary flavors. And so, and, and the example I continue to use is pairing stout with chocolate. To me, that's redundant. It's simplistic. It's, you know, it, it, it can work, but it's not very inspiring. You know, I think doing things that are unexpected has the most interesting result. And, and for this, you know, I got, you know, the, the acidity that I picked up out of the food really kind of had an interesting flavor. There's, there's maybe a little more hops in this beer than, uh, uh, than would go well with that, with that level of acidity. But I thought that, like you said, the salt and the feta and everything else, I thought worked really nice with those, those sweet caramel notes in there. Cool. And yes, do you have a question? Yeah. I, 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 we, do, we do roast them. They are roasted, and then we marinate them in a little bit of vinaigrette to help break them down because we lightly roast them, and it's changed the texture a little bit. But they are not—they're not raw. They are—they are lightly roasted and marinated for 24 hours in a little bit of uh, vinaigrette, and kind of like change change the flavor and texture profile. So it kind of feels like it's fresh pepper, but it is—you know—it has the breakdown in there. Brings it together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're ready to move on. I guess we're on. We're you know we're we're burning daylight here. We've got a we've got a hard deadline. Apparently at ten thirty. So we got parties to attend tonight. Beers to drink. Oh yeah, lots there's, of there's beers. big after party. Big celebrity after party. No, no. <laughs> tonight is eighteen. Yeah. They have to. Party. We just need to get past you guys and we get to the real party. No, actually, I'm I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, Inversion IPA, I think, is next. Right? That's what they're pouring. Yeah. Inversion yeah. IPA is our tribute to American IPA and the people who love it. I uh, love IPA. Cascade and Centennial hops. Uh, uh, lots of caramel malt. Has a sweet backbone to go with the, uh, the bitter, spicy quality of the hops. A lot of citrus notes in those particular hop varieties. So uh, you're going to get kind of lemon, tangerine, a little bit of lime flavors out of that. Uh, there is some grassiness, some herbal notes, and then uh, the, the backbone really to this beer is the uh, caramel malt and uh, that kind of malty sweetness that helps balance all the bitterness in that beer. And you know, when, when he says caramel notes, to me it's a little bit different from the type of food I cook and the way I work, and I see more of, of, of a honey, like a honeysuckle. Like there is a caramelization, but it's a different type to, to my palate. Yeah, so I like I, that. I, I, I agree with that. And when I looked at it, I was like, honeysuckle, and I was just like, um, you know, when, when you see like the earthiness or like the grains, I saw grains, like instead of grains, I saw more grains, like, you know, fresh greens coming out of the ground with some seeds that are about to fall off. And so, like, again, like, it, it's just a different pr- perspective and a different vision, and, and that's where we kind of went with it. So I thought it was like kind of like cool. Like, it was like a really unique, you know, flavor profile that you, you don't really get. How many IPA fans in here? Okay, so that's, a good that's thing. just about everybody. <laughs> How could you not like Larry IPA? Larry didn't raise his hand, but 
He's doing it on purpose. Larry, Larry is, Sidora is our brewmaster, by the way, so he's, he's grading my performance up here and describing the beers. So, Yeah, where is he, Larry? Where, where is that guy? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, well, we got more dark beers coming, so that's all right. I mean, we've really kind of been, become known as a dark beer brewery, but you know, we brew beers from one end of the spectrum to the other, and the one consistent thing that we try to do is build complexity into each of the beers. Nothing is simplistic. Nothing is one-dimensional, hopefully, if we're producing it. And that everything has layers. And the, 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 uh, like, the, the 20, like I said with the Jubal 2010, you know, the deeper you dig, the more you find. So and that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's hopefully And that's a great get. thing, too. Like when I was going into it and talking with Gary and working with these things, it's just like you, know, you try to build flavors. You try to you know, continue. You know, as 18, we have all small plates. It's very individual. So sometimes we try to use that same ingredient multiple times on the plate, whether it's roasted or pureed or fried. And, and, and you kind of build your flavors. And, and working with these beers was like that same thing. It's like, it like you're building your flavors. You're kind of building the different levels of, of what was going on. So for me, it was, I definitely enjoyed it. And it was definitely unique. And uh, I'm really excited for you guys to try the next course that comes out that goes with this beer because I think it's really unique. And you have sweetness and you have uh, seasonal and you have earthiness and you have, you know, coming from the ground and you have, and you have uh, some spice. You have a lot of little things going on, and uh, hopefully it hits all the notes the way the beer hits your mouth. Because when it hits your mouth, it's just like, wow, it's like in your cheeks. It's underneath your tongue. It's in the back of your throat. It's like, wow, this is a lot of flavor. So, uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy the... Um, it should be. You know, you know all the, uh, the areas of your tongue, the, uh, the sweet, salty, bitter, uh, uh, sour notes, and where it fits on different parts of your tongue. You should, every part of your tongue should be uh, excited each time you drink a beer. And it may be excited in different ways, but there shouldn't be any gaps left, if, if you know what I mean. So Hopefully no gaps. Hopefully. No, yeah, yeah, we'll that, that, we'll we see. work for no gaps. So, we you work know, for no gaps. We're waiting for the food to come out. You know, my chef's probably had too many beers tonight at the event because the beers are so good. They're a little slow. I'm probably going to fire one of them tonight. But, I mean, one out of two is not a bad thing. That's it's not, not, that's it's not a, a bad thing. Pretty good average. Which one of you guys am I firing tonight? Okay. So, but besides the, uh, that. Uh, all right. Know. Who's got questions here? We can talk. Yeah, in the back. Well, we're, we're, we are huge advocates of uh, individualized glassware for each beers and having real glasses, uh, kind of like they've, they've done with wine and everything. And by the way, George Riedel, uh, very much appreciate your comments. He's the guy that makes all those glasses. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I'm a, uh, we're, we're huge fans of that and we're big advocates of trying to get the right beer in the right glass because we think it does make a difference uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, at least, as well as from a perception standpoint. Uh, the people at Consumer Reports did a study, and they used mechanical equipment, and they found no difference. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> it just proves that Consumer Reports really good with cars and television sets and vacuum cleaners, but they don't know squat about beer or wine. 
so, so the next course that you guys are getting right now, this is kind of like a little bit different than, than what you would have normally. Um, and obviously that's me cooking and that's what I do. I'm a little bit more unique in flavor profile. I took something very local and very seasonal coming out of the East Coast, coming out of New Jersey, and we have some artichokes that are being grown. So we um, take the artichokes, take all the leaves off. They're all babies. And we clean them. And we make a little um, liquid out of, out of water, honey, lemon juice, and we, uh, and we cook the artichokes in them to kind of give it some sweetness and also kind of give it some, some uh, acidity. And then we finish them once they're done cooking with a little bit of coriander seed, which is really earthy and it has a little crunch to it, and then some golden raisins. So it's kind of unique, and it has the honeysuckle in there, and it has like the lemon in there. And it has a bunch of little flavors going on to hit the different angles of your mouth. And again, this is a ting of food. This is kind of what we do. It's kind of a little bit unique. So uh, take, take a sip of the beer and then take the flavor fr- profile of, uh, of the artichoke and uh, see what's going on. To me, to me, this is a little bit more closer matched than the last course with the roasted, pe- roasted peppers and uh, feta cheese. It's a little bit more neutral and, uh, and seasonal and, and fun. And because, you know, when you go to a good bar, you have seasonal beers, whether it's summer ale or, or winter or things like that. And to me, a good beer right now in the summertime has, has awesome local vegetables. And this is what's going on in, in my eyes as a chef. Okay. You, you, got, you enjoy it back there? It's cool, how we, right? It has how we doing? Flavors. Thank you. Nobody's talking. That's usually a good sign that it's good. You know, everybody's eating. They're enjoying. Yeah. The less talking, okay. the more drinking and eating. So, what do you guys want to talk about? How, how's the event going so far? You guys having fun? What have you tried out there that you really like? Because I'm going to have four and a half minutes when I get out of here to go try something else. Yeah, you had a question here. I, I appreciate okay, thank that. Thank you. Cool. She said the real grassiness in the IPA what you, what, what about you right mixes there? beautifully. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it, you and know, it's, and it's you great. know, honestly, and it just it, it, that's exactly it. Should the pairing should make both things taste better? Yeah, if it's, it's done right, definitely. Right here. I got Ca- garlic from it too yeah. when I first tasted it. I, I, I tasted like a garlic, like a spring garlic. Cascade and Centennial are the two hops, the two predominant hops in that beer. And their characteristics are not onion or garlic. Onion, uh, I beg your pardon? Yeah. The, uh, but they, they can, in those circumstances, create flavors. Like uh, Mike said, when he first tasted the beer, he got garlic out of it. And that's what it made him think of. So, so thinking spring and stuff. Like you know, that. those. If it's evocative of certain things, then I think that's that's very cool, and and probably as it should be. So, anybody else? Other questions? Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, freshness freshness counts, and you're absolutely right. Beer is a perishable item. Uh, it has a life, and kind of the lighter colored beers, and, and particularly hop-forward beers, and we use uh, almost exclusively whole-leaf hops in our beers 
which is, seems to be kind of a dying uh, uh, idiosyncrasy that, that we continue to, to carry on. Uh, this has a variety of different hot products in it to try and get as full a, uh, a, a range as possible. But, uh, you know, those will deteriorate rather quickly. You're absolutely, absolutely correct. Yeah, and I love to use the word, you know, and use fresh and stuff like that. I love to use the word seasonality because that's a big part of freshness is working what's around you and working what you got. And, and, and that's what we need to, you know, focus on as, as people who are diners or eaters or drinkers. Yeah, you had a question up here, and oh, then right, we'll go right back here. there. What's that? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a beer geek. Um, not, not, not really at all. I mean, I grew up as, as a kid at 13 years old, started drinking beers, but they weren't good ones. But uh, no, I, I'm not. But, you know, for me, it's, 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 uh, it's working with the flavors and my palate. And that's a big thing. I love challenges. I love unique flavor profiles. I love bold flavors. And, and that's a big part of what I do. So for me, this was a challenge, and it was fun, and it was unique, and it's something I've never done before. So for me, I don't know if everyone's going to like it or everyone's going to hate it. I'm just hoping that someone can enjoy my vision and my flavors. So what, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah, all the way in the back. Have you um, ever noticed anything in terms of sequencing? Like, for this pairing, um, having the food follow the beer was quite exciting. It's very complicated. But having the beer follow the food, it didn't work so much. True. True. And, and, and it was meant, for me, it was meant for, the, for your... Like, I wouldn't serve an artichoke with, with just a little bit of uh, spice and lemon on it on my plate. I would make sure that it was balanced. And for me, I thought that the artichoke was balancing Gary's beer. And that's the way I looked at it, you know, at it before I sent it out. So, obviously, we have planned of the beers and then coming out with the food and having it and having all the flavors explode. Yes. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, the, whether or not you put the food in your mouth first or the beer in your mouth first, yeah. And, and you know, I think that's very cool. I think that, that you can get completely different impressions based on, you know, what goes first. You know, what, to me, that's, that's the interesting part. You know, you get, you get a different sensation each time depending upon, you know, what goes first. I think that's terrific. Yeah, everything that's cool too. It's, it's you know, first bite's good, second bite's different. You know, it's all, yeah. it's always something going on. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, to to experiment and as you know, as this whole event, this whole savor event is is established to really introduce people to the whole world of beer and and food, and beer and food pair, pairings, and there is uh, a lot of evidence that would suggest that beer goes better with food than wine does because. Wine is one ingredient. It's grapes. And, it, and, it, and basically, the wine, is, is, you know, the wine quality is determined in the vineyard, and the wine maker has very little impact to it after that. Beer, you have all kinds of different ingredients that are available to you, and you can change flavors, and you can alter things, and you can add spices. You can uh, make it stronger, make it weaker. Make it darker, make it lighter. I, yeah, you know. cook it more, change different flavor, flavor notes by the way you cook it and heat it and roast and, it and uh, stuff like that. You know, like the, the, the sense, the opportunity for discovery is unending. Yes. Yeah.
the IBUs uh, or international bittering units, which is a way to measure how bitter it is, are about 65. I'm going to check with Larry here. 65 in how many IBUs in inversion? 65 or 80? 65 or 80? I knew that. I knew, I knew that. Yeah. I should have asked Mike. He knew. Yeah, it. I, I knew. Yeah. I knew. I knew where we were going with that. All right. Other questions? Other questions? You guys having fun yet? What? Uh, how do you like this pairing? Is that? Well, I'm, hey, glad, by the I'm way, glad you guys are enjoying everything so far. You know, something a little bit different. You know, events like this, everyone knows kind of what certain things go with. And uh, I was hoping to kind of change your vision a little bit. So hopefully we're working in that same uh, mentality. Well, so, that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons I was excited about working with Mike, because this isn't what people would normally think of. Yeah, and, and the next course is, is, you know, and obviously we should have done it backwards. This is a course that flavor profiles work with the average person thinking like all right this beer has chocolate or this beer has coffee so i'm going to pair it with beer and, and coffee and that's where we went with this so you know gary's gonna go over the beer and everything like that and i'm going to tell you my whole vision on this food and why i did it and how i did it and how it's to me it's so unique uh by by the technique and the flavor profiles and how it changes things up so i'll, I'll let gary start it all off and then we'll roll into it but i want you guys to taste it together yes <laughs> he stuck with me for life. Oh, come on now. <laughs> That's not fair. Actually, uh, uh, Jose Andres and I have been friends for a long time. And I contacted Jose originally, and he said, no, nah, I, I can't do that, but let me find, let me get you, get you one of our chefs. The I best said, chef. that'd be great. The top he, chef. He said, he said, my right-hand man, he, he Mike is, Isabella. This is Mr. <laughs> top chef, by the way. So, uh, any rate, and, and I was thrilled because I love Zaitinia, and I've eaten there a lot of times, and we, you know, I thought, what a, what a cool way to create a new paradigm with the Middle Eastern food and beer. Yeah. Yeah, I was thrown into the mix, and he was stuck with me, so now we're here. But we wanted to make it fun for you guys, and I, and I love things like this. I, like, I love... You know, having people see different things. Like, man, that, that's what it's about. That was one of the reasons why I went on TV. I was like, I want to do my food. I want to get Greek food out there. I want to get Eastern Mediterranean food out there. I want to get Middle Eastern food out there. I want to get it out there because people don't understand how simple it is, how fresh it is, and how good it is. And to me, you know, so many people are missing out. And it was the same mentality. Like, when they asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. I was like, I don't know shit about it, but I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the point. You know, to me, doing what's already been done is pretty uninspiring. You know, where is the challenge if somebody else has already laid the groundwork for you, showed you how to do it, done, you know, to me that's, you know, I'd rather try something new and and fail than, you know, than, than do something old and tired and, and be okay at it. So, at any rate... Uh, yeah, I would love to. And, and, and I'm not on the floor doing it, but we do talk about it in pre-shift. And do, we do have some of the beers. And, 
you know, I would, I would love to keep it rolling and keep people interested. And like, you know, 85% of the clientele that comes into Zaytinga knows absolutely nothing about what we do. So it's so challenging. It's not just the food. It's not just the wines. It's not just the beer. It's not just the service. It's everything. And for me, it's a challenge every single day. And that's why it's, it's always fun to kind of go out there and we do a lot of events and talk to people a lot. And uh, so, yeah, we, we definitely want to. And we want to work with seasonalities and local beers and organic beers and all those things. So, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we are at, at the, uh, I think you guys are probably all, already past the last course. I don't know how we got skipped I, I, I got, a, last I got someone right here waiting to ask me questions. Okay. All right, so here, here before, we, before Gary gets into the beer, um, it was a beer to me that had a lot of um, chocolate notes or maybe coffee notes, things like that. So, so I talked to some of, the, some, some of my peers and stuff, and like, oh, I want you to do like something braised or this or that. You didn't get any food. They need some food over here. You guys can't eat everything, all right? You guys got to bring some out here, all right? They're missing it. So uh, what I wanted to do was something with those flavor profiles to match up, to kind of keep it, like, simple. But I wanted something unique. So right here, we have a pork tenderloin. And, um, you know, uh, what I wanted to... We, we got right, right, right back there, right back there. Uh, we have a pork tenderloin that I brined. And when you, brine, when you brine meat, it pulls the liquid out and it makes it very hammy. So I wanted that char- charcuterie flavor texture. I wanted to do something like room temp that would take months and months to make. So I brined it with um, coffee, cardamom, and salt. And, and, uh, and water, obviously, you know. And so, so it sat in there for about 12 hours. So it starts to get very, like a hammy texture. And, uh, but it infuses that coffee flavor and that spice, like that Middle Eastern spice of cardamom. And, uh, and then after we did that, I slow cooked it, um, for about like an hour, hour and a half. So it was cooked through. So there was no trigonosis, none of those things going on. And it looks like a charcuterie. Like it looks like it's a cured piece of ham. I did this today. Last night I dropped it in the, in the brine. I took it out today and then I slow cooked it. And it has a little, little rub on the outside of a little bit of spice of cardamom, a little uh, coffee, and cocoa nib, which is, a, which is a bitter chocolate before it becomes chocolate. I, yes, sous vide. There's a, little, there's a touch of honey in there. A touch of honey. Like, I don't use a lot of sugars because in Greece we say we have the best honey. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, so, so on, on the rub, it's, it's, it's a coffee grind, it's cardamom, and a little bit of cocoa nib, which is, which is the bitter chocolate before it becomes the chocolate. So, and, and, and this is like the all-American, oh, coffee and chocolate with, with, with the beer that, that brings out coffee and chocolate, which you didn't want to do. But I wanted to do it our way and, and hit a little spice note into it and do it in a way that might take three months to cure. I did it in, in you know, 12, 13 hours. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Oh, I love the salt in that, too. What's that? The herb is, I wanted to do a little arugula for bitterness, but then when I tasted the cocoa nib today, it was really bitter. So I did a little parsley, a little baby parsley that I had in-house, just to kind of get some herbalness and freshness. Because, you know, I mean, as a teen, our, our flavors are so bold, you always kind of want that freshness or that citrus or things to kind of keep that palate going because all of our plates are small. And after you have like three or four people with you and you order 12, 13 dishes, you want different flavors, notes hitting. And that's why we did a little fresh parsley. Any other questions? Back there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's regular kosher salt. Regular, we, we, we brewed some coffee. And uh, traditionally for a brine, it's water, um, salt, and sugar. And we, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, it would work, right? It works. It works. A traditional brine is, uh, is exactly, is, is salt, sugar, and water. So we brewed coffee. And instead of using just plain water, we use 
obviously coffee flavored water with some cardamom, salt, and uh, a little honey. Any other questions over here? You guys having fun? Awesome, yeah. awesome. I agree. That the thing that stuck out to me the most when I tried it was the salt and how well it went with kind of the sweet nuttiness uh, in the beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it worked. I mean, it was all, it was all a gamble. Every, every dish was a gamble. Some of you guys like some dishes. Some of you guys didn't like any dishes. But it, it, the bottom line is, is the mentality behind it was you got to try different things to open up your visions and open up different, you know, di- different ways to eat and drink and, and enjoy different flavor profiles. It's not just the, the straightforward yeah. things that go on. There, not every rule has been written yet. So. And I'm a rule breaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does have anise. And, 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 and the Greek cuisine, which is more my background, ouzo is a major liqueur out there. So what I use, and people think I'm weird sometimes, especially the Greeks, is I use star anise, which is an Asian spice, but it has that same ouzo flavor content. So I put a little bit in there, and it kind of like you know changes the whole note of it. So uh, that's the uniqueness. Well, awesome grab on that. Awesome grab. Other questions? What do you guys think? Now you're gonna go home and try and uh, try and put some of this stuff together. Yeah, the other uh, chefs are back in the back. Great job, guys. Those awesome. are my guys back there. Awesome. George the Greek and uh, Tony Starr. Yeah, they did an awesome job. Lots I hate to fun. say it, but I have to fire one of them tonight because they were slow. You, let's get a hat. Let's put the names in it, and then we'll pick one out and whatever. No. <laughs> All right, you guys made it. Let's party tonight. We got a volunteer, yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Any other questions? We still have time for questions. If anybody has any. Yes, ma'am. Where do you get these plates? I stole them. Aren't those cool? I don't know if this I like this work. little spork thing. I don't know what that yeah, is. Isn't but, that uh, so cool? It's like a spoon and a fork. Yeah. I don't know where they got awesome. those. Um, if you'd like, I can give you my card you can email me and i'll find out i'm curious myself i don't have the answer i'm going to find out as well because we i I see a lot of use for that well they're bamboo and they're compostable yeah there's all kinds of other benefits as well any other questions any other final questions yeah yes ma'am the black butte porter <laughs> I got corrected twice tonight. Black Butte Porter, uh, yeah, was our kind of our original flagship beer. Uh, it was uh, uh, when we first started, we didn't know much about what we really wanted to do. We had a light, a medium, and a dark. We had Cascade Golden Ale, Bachelor Bitter, and Black Butte Porter. And uh, we began distribution in Portland. Our distributor at the time, Jim Kennedy, who, who Tom knows, or remembers very well. He's he's uh, passed on now, but uh, said you know the 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 light colored beer pie is a lot bigger, but you'll get a much smaller slice of it. With this product, you can own the whole thing. And so he said, okay, fine, we'll we'll go with that. And Black Butte Porter has uh, really dispelled the all the myths about dark beer. Uh, it's not bitter. It's not astringent, but it is complex. And it's, and it's technically a dry beer. It's not sweet, although it comes across as a slightly sweet flavor. 
So uh, it is something that we have promoted and we've worked hard at. Uh, it is uh, uh, really has a nice roast quality to it without the burnt astringency that can often accompany that. Uh, and uh, I think it's a terrific food beer uh, as a result. So uh, it's really fun to, to see that paired because it can go with so many different foods. Uh, and it is, you know, we, we are only distributed in the West at this point in time, but uh, it is still the largest selling porter in the country. So, yeah, well, we're working on coming East. There's too many mafias on the East Coast, too many. We, 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 too many. We can PA, tell you if, Maryland, we just can't DC, tell you everything. when. So, any other questions? What do you guys want to know? Really? We, got, we think we got the answers. We think we got the answers. No, no. Well, well, if we don't, we'll lie. Yeah, I will. Yes. I'm half Italian and half Greek. Uh, I, I got that too. That's that's the next show. You got to pay to get into that, though. I mean, nothing's free. <laughs> Come on now, Isabella. Forget about it. <laughs> next year, I'll be doing Italian. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. As long as Gary likes what went on today. <laughs> Anything else? Yes, ma'am. Boxers. Thong. <laughs> I th- we call them speedos sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that pretty much okay. uh, wraps it up. it up. You guys have been great. Yo, guys, thank you. Big thank round you of applause, out. you guys. Awesome. That was great. Cheers. That was a lot of fun. All right, thank you all for coming. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio's 2010 coverage of Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. To learn more about Savor, please go to savorcraftbeer.com. To listen to more salons, interviews, and other content from Craft Beer Radio, please go to craftbeerradio.com. You can contact us on Twitter at at craftbeerradio or via email at beer at craftbeerradio.com. <laughs>